And welcome back to the damn podcast. I'm your host, Carter Baines. And with me, as always, is feverblitz.com publisher and owner, Angie Machado. We are coming to you live on YouTube and anytime on your favorite podcasting app. And uh, we're doing this a little earlier today on Wednesday. I just got back from Oregon State's baseball game against Grand Canyon. Uh, Angie and I both have some other commitments that we have to get to tonight. So uh, if you're able to join us live, you might be one of the few as we gave a little short notice here, but short uh, notice today. we appreciate you all for joining us here for week three of damn podcast live on YouTube. And, uh, I, <laughs> we, we were talking just briefly before we started here. I I'm in a bit of a rush here. Cause like I said, I just got back from the baseball game. So I'm pulling things up as we go. Um, but I think we're good now. So uh, we were hoping this would be our first week with a guest. Uh, we, I, I did get an interview with Jacob Melton, but in my hassle, you know, rush getting back here, didn't have time to upload it. So next week, I promise, is the week that we will have a guest on the podcast. Um, and stick with Beaver Blitz because you'll have that uploaded. So you yeah. can watch Melton. You just won't be part of our live broadcast today. Yeah, it'll be up on Beaver Blitz video on YouTube and I will post it on beaver blitz as well be sure to leave your questions and comments in the chat here on youtube if you're watching us live and uh angie how how are you doing here on uh wednesday march 16th i am good i so i I think most of you guys know i broke my foot six weeks ago and i've been in a walking boot i went and had an x-ray done today because i go back to see the podiatrist tomorrow and i just got the i'm hoping the podiatrist tells me different but it says it's um marginally worse. So hmm. I don't know what that means. Cause I started to walk without the boot this week. So anyway, that's what I'm doing. I'm hoping it's because I did a weighted x-ray this time with my full weight on it instead of just being on a table, but that's how I'm doing right now, Carter. So aren't you sorry you asked? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for even bringing it up. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's not ideal. It's, it's reminiscent of a lot of the Oregon state football players that we've yes. seen over the years that suffer quote unquote setbacks with their foot injuries. Yeah. So I, the boot, I'm actually though getting around pretty well. So if I have to be in the boot a little bit longer, so be it. I'm, I'm cruising around. Yeah. You've How gotten are you? used to it by now. I'm good. Uh, as you can see, if you're watching us that live, I've got my sharp. beaver blitz sweatshirt on and my beaver blitz mug. How about that? So my gear came in the mail on Friday. So almost a week ago. So, uh, I was able to wash it all and get it all ready for this week's episode. And, uh, yeah, I feel, I feel official wore it to the baseball nice. game too, and was, you know, repping, repping the site at, at Goss today. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. I'm pretty happy with the way they all turned out. I know I've, I've heard from multiple people, um, as well, who have, who have said that theirs came in the mail last week. So that first, uh, you know, if you ordered on the first day, the, the site went live. Um, if it's, if your order isn't here by now, it should be here anytime. Mine Angie, is have, any day. have you gotten anything yet? No. So I was a little later to the party cause I couldn't decide what I wanted and I knew I wanted to get my dad something. So I put my order in, gosh, I want to say like Saturday or Sunday of this week. So it is like, it's shipped. It just doesn't, I don't know how long it's going to take to get here. I think it's coming from Vegas though. So it shouldn't take too long. So I Henderson, myself- Nevada. Yep. Coming hey, from Henderson, Henderson the home of Caden Grenier. Look at that drop in knowledge. Yeah. 
So speaking of baseball, we're going to get into some baseball talk here in just a minute. Uh, Oregon State wrapped up a midweek series against GCU. But before we get into any sports, Angie, what are you drinking tonight? Hey, I'm, I'm taking it local because last, well, last week I did have red wine. This, um, I love stout. I'm not a big beer girl, but I love myself a, a dark stout. So I'm drinking Pelican Brew Pub Tsunami um, Export Stout. What do you got? Repping, repping the Oregon coast. I love it. So tomorrow, as you know, uh, March 17th is St. Patrick's Day. So I had to go a little Irish today. I'm going uh, hot chocolate with uh, with some Baileys in there. So okay. an Irish okay. cream hot chocolate in honor of St. Patty's Day tomorrow. You got and, any uh, Irish in you, Carter? Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay, I do. My, I my ancestry some. DNA test uh, did not did not bring back any Irish. So really, so what? Is, yeah, what? Okay, totally change. What? What is your like makeup? What is Baines? Name I mean, Baines. about forty percent German, okay. um, a decent amount of just random Western European countries, okay. and yeah, a little bit of a um, little bit of Native American as well. So me too. I, I'm like that whole Western Euro lots of scandy i'm I'm a good chunk scandinavian and then uh, i had a little southern european and then i am basically we're mutts right yes three percent though three percent of my makeup is um is native american and i we actually have traced it back right to this Willamette valley so it's kind of fun okay let's let's start talking some spring football yeah let's get into spring football because uh you know football football dominates all here at beaver blitz um even in a week where we don't have practice to go to. So this is the first of two weeks off as uh, the team focuses on finals right now. It's the middle of finals week at Oregon state. And then they'll take a week off of, of just about everything next week for spring break. So it's a, uh, it's a down period for, for football, but that doesn't mean that the coaches aren't still working because if you saw uh, last, uh, what day was it? Monday, there was a, uh, a commitment via the transfer portal Jameis Griffin from Georgia Tech, a former four-star running back who visited Oregon State's practice on Saturday, made his commitment shortly thereafter. And I wasn't able to fully 100% with confidence ID him at practice on Saturday, but I saw someone that looked very much like him wearing an Oregon State sweatshirt. And when I saw that before the commitment, I said, okay, that's probably a good sign if that is him. So yes. Angie, what's uh, you had the story on, on Beaver Blitz as soon as the commitment broke, what's kind of your read on, on what Griffin brings to the Oregon state backfield? You know, Oregon state is needing to fill. And I know people on blitz were kind of maybe out of left field a little bit, but the beefs are losing a ton of productivity in BJ Baylor. So um, really having to shore that up. I, you've watched Jameis's film. He's, he's quick. He's um, a bigger back. He's not huge, but like 5'10", 205, 210-ish. Um, he's got some great moves. Former four-star out of Georgia has played in the SEC or I'm sorry, not the SEC, but down in, in Georgia at Georgia Tech. Um, so against some really good competition had, gosh, he had over 20 offers of, of big name programs, Miami, Florida State, um, you name it. So um, I'm excited. You know, I, I know Oregon State has a, a stable full of great running backs. And I'm really excited to see what some of those younger guys can do. Um, then you have Trey Lowe. Um, you, and Sean Isaiah, Fenwick. Sean, Isaiah Sean Fenwick. Yeah. Um, who I'm excited to see them more in a starring role, but I also wonder about injuries with them and how healthy they can stay um, and be maybe that every down back. So to see a guy, you know, Jameis has had a, he battled with a little injury this past year. 
in red shirt at this um, in 2021 for uh, the Yellow Jackets. But um, then there's, you know, Demir Collins, which we've talked about last week, how much weight and size he's put on. I'm excited to see Isaiah Newell. And then um, I know we've talked too about Damian Martinez, but those are all unproven backs and uh, it's time to get another, you know, guy in there. And one thing we've seen with, with coach Smith is he's not going to bring a guy in from the portal unless that guy can make the room better. So um, excited to see what, what he can do. Yeah. And, and chalk it up as another power five transfer coming into Oregon state, which I mean, how many, how many is it at this point? It's, you know, I, I've lost track essentially of, of where we're at now. And another guy who I think can make an impact right away when he gets to Oregon state. So you know, there's, it's not going to be for a lack of competition. There's all sorts of talent, as you just mentioned, uh, in the running back room. But I, I think it's big to bring in another guy for for depth purposes. And, you know, you, you never know when an injury is going to pop up. So so getting Jameis Griffin to Oregon State, I think, you know, it surprised me a little bit when I saw that another running back was coming in. I thought if Oregon State was going to save a scholarship for the portal, it would be at a position more, you know, of, of a little greater need. Um, but you're not going to turn down a former four star if, if you, hey, you know, I think we're going to say too. So they were, the plan was to bring Jameis in with his brother, Jaquan. Um, they both entered the portal. Jaquan was a defensive lineman. It would have been, I, I, the plan was to bring them both in. Um, Jaquan actually ended up committing and starting school at coastal Carolina though. So he got into spring practice. Um, and kind of started the- what's the coastal Carolina mascot. Oh my gosh. I know Dustin Johnson went to school there. So I know that. Um, I don't know. Chana Clears. That's right. The Chana Clears. They're like roosters. Yep, they're kind of like the Gamecocks. They're the ones with the um, the teal football field. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Taken like after Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. That's like Eric's favorite golfer. Not mine, but, just, but Eric's. There you go. Uh, another kind of key transfer portal target that Oregon State's looking at and I think this is the the main one, you know, when, when you think of transfer portal targets right now, Jameis Griffin kind of came out of nowhere, uh, but JT Daniels is is still on Oregon state's radar very much. So um, I identified him at practice last week. Uh, what was that last Thursday? I think it was Thursday. after we had recorded that week's damn podcast. Um, so. And he I got spotted- in town on Wednesday night. So we yeah. recorded and he was um, on campus Wednesday, late afternoon, um, went out to dinner with the staff on uh, Wednesday night. Was that practice Thursday? Yes. You sent me the grainy Sasquatch kind yeah. of, is this, is this JT Daniels? So um, he actually, so he is at Missouri right now. And then his other visit will be to West Virginia. I, I like where Oregon state stands right now. And I hate saying that because I think being first sometimes can be a tough position to be in because it gives the other two schools a chance to kind of, um, make up for any deficiencies that he may have saw while he was on his trip. I think what he is doing though is going about this. So business-like he's, he's played now for the biggest names, really the biggest brand um, with Georgia. So um, he's going about this very business-like and, and what I love, this is a guy who will make Oregon state better from the, from the onset. Um, he, is knows the, I mean, it was, it was fun to, to, I've heard that he was kind of watching Carter told me he was at practice, really kind of studying what the quarterbacks did um, was right there next to coach Lindgren. Um, so it, it'll be a, a great transition. If somehow the beeves, I like where they stand now, like I said, it's just such a hard, we've seen Oregon state finish runner up so many times, but um, 
if he's paying attention to what Oregon State does. I, I know in the lodge, um, Mr. Gray has talked about this is a 10 win team if, if uh, JT Daniels is here. And, and I totally agree. Um, they need a quarterback that has a pocket presence, who has a huddle presence and uh, can go downfield. I'm right there with you with uh, or and with you and Mr. Gray on the on the 10 win assessment. I think bringing JT Daniels into Oregon State immediately makes them a dark horse to win the North. And, you know, with with Lincoln Riley coming into USC, I think there's still a little bit of building that needs to be done there before they, you know, officially take over the conference again. So if Oregon State's going to steal a Pac-12 championship, I, I think it needs to be this year or the next. And, and bringing in someone of JT Daniels caliber is enough to get you, um, you know, over the hump a little bit from the, yeah. the seven win mark to the 10 ish. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it would be huge. I, I was going to ask you what you had been hearing on the JT Daniels front. You kind of covered it there. But I want to say from from my perspective, I think. You know, West Virginia and Oregon State strike me as the two most likely destinations. I know that, you know, he's he's obviously at Missouri right now on a visit. And uh, Greg Biggins reported that Oklahoma State and Colorado are also in the mix as somewhat of a, you know, de facto top five. Um, but out, out of those five, you know, Oregon State being his first visit, I think, does go a long way. Um, I think what Oregon State has to offer him as a potentially attractive landing spot um, you know, positions them really well against that, against that group, Missouri, th- that one doesn't make quite as much sense to me just because he'd be playing in the sec and, you know, no offense to Missouri, but that is a downgrade from Georgia. Um, you're going to be playing against the likes of a Georgia okay. or an Alabama, you know, these really tough defenses. Whereas I think if you come out West or go to West Virginia, you know, you're, you're playing with some more high flying offenses against, um, some weaker opponents what scares me about West Virginia is Graham Harrell being on staff there because obviously he recruited him to USC already has that connection um, now, now kind of the the double-edged sword there is that Graham Harrell didn't really favor him once he got to USC um, Keaton Slovis kind of jumped up the depth chart there and eventually won the starting job and uh, and JT walked so I think there are you know, upsides and downsides to most of these, most of these landing spots. But I think Oregon state, to be quite honest with you, has the most to offer of, of those five schools. Yeah. And I I think like, you know, we talked about, he's been there now. What's interesting is Greg Biggins is telling me that he won't make his decision until May um, after he graduates. I'm hearing that we should know something in the next week or two. Um, So I'm keeping my my eyes open on this one and my ears open. Um, I have great sources all over the place um, connected down in SoCal and you know beyond. So we will um, keep our ears open. I I I've heard some some rumblings how awesome he is just with his IQ. His football IQ is great. Um, he even wanted to learn a little bit about the Beaver defense before practice so that he could go out and kind of watch and, and check out their their coverages. So. Um, he's a scholar by all accounts of the game. And I think he would, like I said, I mean, it would seriously be the biggest commitment in Oregon State's history. And that that's saying something, even with the, you know, Isaac Sayamalo and I, I'm going to say Simi Cooley, but at the time Simi Cooley was like the giantest, but this would be bigger than that. So um, plus at a, at a position of need. It truly is, you know, it has the potential to be program changing. 
Um, it, I think it could be what Oregon State needs to kind of launch itself into the, the Pac-12 contender conversation for the next few years. And especially, it's especially big in a time where Oregon State really needs to do uh, the most it can to keep up because college football is changing so quickly. Now, Carter, um, what, are, what are your thoughts? Because I know in the Lodge, we talk about this a lot. And, I, and I'm not going to argue the fact that Oregon State needs some D-tackle help. But, you know, we're talking about how big this would be. Then do you go, like, if you can somehow land JT Daniels, do you just hit that portal hard for a D-tackle to try to get, get in the mix? Or do you go with what you have? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think as long as you've got scholarships available, you have to be looking D line if you're Oregon state. And I'm sure they are, you know, it's, it's just very difficult um, outside of the sec and, and even a little bit in the big 12, uh, you know, with those Texas connections okay. to bring in a defensive tackle and, and really defensive linemen in general, who can actively alter a game um, outside of the sec and some of the top programs outside of that conference, what you see is, um, kind of what you see at Oregon state, you know, it's smaller bodies, guys who have moved over from O-line or outside linebacker. And, um, you know, they're not the, they're not the guys that you see 300 pounds, ultra athletic running four seven forties at Alabama. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it, it's going to always be difficult to bring that kind of talent to Corvallis, but the transfer portal, I think is the easiest way to do it. If they are able to break through and, and bring one of those guys in. It's just stupid that those twins from North Texas committed to UCLA before checking out Oregon State. That one we hurts a little that bit. Week. That, that one hurts done. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to move into some baseball now. Uh, that's pretty much a wrap on, on football. As I said, not a whole lot going on with, with practice taking a two-week break. But I just got back from Oregon State's midweek game against, well, the second of, uh, of two midweek games against Grand Canyon. Oregon State wins the first one 9-8 on a walk-off single by Greg Fuchs and then drops today's uh, finale of the two game set 13 to seven in a, a game that quite frankly was never close. Um, Angie, I don't know how much of it you saw if, if any, but from the, you know, from, from the first inning, it was very clear Oregon state was going to be in for, for kind of a long day. Uh, the pitching just offense, wasn't there. Though. Wow. I mean, both games for both teams had some offense going. Yeah, it was, it was a high scoring midweek series. Um, I think, you know, both teams have very good offenses, but the pitching, quite frankly, wasn't very good either. Oregon State today actually recorded, it was a bullpen day. Um, Oregon State unloaded the bench there and actually recorded no strikeouts, which, I mean, quite frankly, like like I looked in the media guide during the game to see if it was mentioned when the last time that happened was. Not in there, but I have to guess you've got to go back quite a ways. And especially, it's especially rare now, um, in an era of baseball where the the three true outcomes are are more and more prevalent. So, yeah. um, Angie, did you first of all did you get a chance to watch either of the two games this week? I just saw bits and pieces of it as I was coming in and out. Yeah, so I mean, you mentioned it, high scoring. You know, Oregon State scores sixteen runs and okay. across two days and loses one of those games. Um, offense not the issue for Oregon okay. State. It it just does come down to the pitching depth and. With a couple of guys being out with injuries, I think that's going to hurt, especially in midweek games. So the the key to winning those midweek games and then uh, to winning a few games in the postseason, I think is it's just going to come down to can you outscore teams? And quite frankly, Oregon State does have that ability. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's let's take a look at the rankings right now as we um, as we wrap up this midweek series. Going into the series, Oregon State was ranked as highly as third. 
uh, by two publications. They check in at number five on D1 Baseball, which is kind of the uh, most widely yeah, used ranking. Yeah, gold standard. A, a lot of top five rankings out there, Angie. Um, what's kind of, I, I asked you last week, last week too, but what's kind of your assessment of where this team's at now that I, we're, I think there were, I think there were one they week should into Pac-12 play. Yeah, I, th- I think there were, there should be. Um, it's kind of a bummer they could sweep Wazoo, but um, I mean, they got the series and um, I'm anxious to see the next couple weeks play out for them, but this is a top five team. I mean, this is a, a I mean, we said weeks ago, Carter, that this was an Omaha or bus team. So, um, you know, they're doing what they need to do and pitching is a little, you know, with, with Fennings and um, um, not Melton, Fr- uh, Frisch out, um, which Fennings, I believe is supposed to be back. Frisch is having so, Tommy John. Okay. So let's, let's update that. So we have heard from sources that, uh, that Jake Fennings is close to a return, kind of a week to week type situation. And his is back. Is that it's, right? a, it's a back strain. Okay. Yeah. So uh, a short-term issue. And then with Will Frisch, it's not necessarily Tommy John, but okay. Joe Freeman of the Oregonian is reporting now that Will Frisch is officially out for the year with season ending surgery. Okay. Um, but more, it's more of like an exploratory surgery than it is okay. to, you know, repair a, a specific, okay. you know, a specific ligament. I, I, I want to say it was like a UCL injury or something like okay. that. I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but he is out for the year with elbow surgery. That is not definitively Tommy John. Okay. So obviously, you know, not the news you're hoping to hear, but it is better than the alternative of being out for all of this year. And then, you know, probably most of next, next year, year with, yeah. with Tommy John. So no fresh this year means you'll probably see a lot of Jacob Kamatz on Sundays once Jacob Fenix is back. Um, but that's where the, that's where the starting rotation stands right now. At least they're not broken uh, mar- uh, metatarsals, Carter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have those guys walking around in boots like Angie. Yeah. Yeah. Can't. Can't uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about Jacob Melton because uh, he's, he's on a bit of a tear right now, he's a, on a, a bit tear. of a power surge. So yeah. Melton in game one of the series against GCU goes deep to straightaway center off the batter's eye, which you never see at Goss. I mean, that is the deepest part of the park in a pitcher's park. Um, just very rare. You know, the, the last one that comes to mind, I think is, is Adley back in 2019. I think he had a, a shot to straightaway center, but it is very rare. Um, and it just caps off a, a weekend and, and into this week of just abs- absolutely crushing the ball by, by Jacob Melton. He had a, a two homer game at Washington state, um, a, a third home run later in the weekend. Yeah. He's, he's lighting it up. He's, he is trending towards the record at Oregon state for RBI and he's pacing the pac 12 and batting average in a home runs. So that's not too shabby at, at this point in the season. Yeah, no, he's, Watching him, it, I mean, I haven't seen a swing as pretty as Adley's in quite some time, but he's right there. Yeah, every every time he comes to the plate, you just expect it to, to yeah. go for extra bases, if yep. not more. Um, he actually moved up to the two hole in, in the order for these two games, which, you know, I asked him today after the game because he was, um, you know, we, we talked to Mitch Canham and Jacob Milton after the game today. And, um, you know, Jacob said there's there's not really much of a difference to him, whether he's batting fourth, fifth or or second. Um, you know, we haven't seen him this high in the order for a while, but I think it's it's interesting because I, I think it's, it's it's a good thing for the Oregon State offense in that you're able to put a Justin Boyd or a Garrett Forrester behind him. And so 
you know, you're, you're going to see less teams pitching around him if you have those guys behind him. And, yeah. you know, they're going to have to challenge him a bit. Um, and then, of course, if he gets on base, a lot of RBI opportunities for those for those strong hitters behind him. So interesting to see where he ends up for the rest of the year. But um, I, I kind of like what he brings at, uh, at the two spot. Yeah, I mean, just get to have the the availability of so many good hitters to be able to put him in the two hole is is saying something because I mean yeah he could be two four um in the in that range but um yeah I I, I like where he is at two just like you said because people aren't pitching around him mm-hmm. with he he did get intentionally walked in the first game um and I I, I want to say that was in the final inning where Greg Fuchs hit the walk off I, I believe okay. off the top okay. of my head um, but yeah, I mean, with a free base in, in the ninth inning, you're, you're going to do that. But outside of that, no, I mean, teams have been forced to throw to him just because of the talent that's behind him outside of, uh, the, the top of the order, which we know is as dangerous as any in, in the country. I think we've seen a bit of a drop off, you know, further down, um, that seven, eight, nine range in the beginning of the year was about as hot as the guys atop yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but now it's starting to fall off a bit. You're seeing guys more in the, the low two hundreds in the batting average where, whereas, you know, when they were down in surprise and, and came back for that series against Irvine, they were still in the three hundreds, which if you could get some 300 hitting out of your seven, eight Seriously. guys, you're going to be Seriously. in good shape. Um, as, as long as they're able to bounce back and get into the mid two hundreds, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue for this offense. Yeah, no, that's like, they were on a serious care though, down in a, uh, in surprise. Hundred uh, percent. And so baseball uh, will pick back up in two days on Friday against ASU for the second uh, conference series of the year. It's the conference home opener. Oregon State will host ASU for three games, and I believe off the top of my head that the opener on Friday is a seven o'clock first pitch. Um, but I will need to double check that. I, I do know it's in, in the evening. Today was kind of odd. Uh, a was new it? pitch in the middle of the week. I wasn't expecting a huge turnout, to be honest. You know, a, a noon first pitch on a Wednesday doesn't really seem conducive to a massive turnout. As good, if not better than last night. So Really? Okay. Well, awesome. A, a, big, a big shout out to Beaver Nation for, for filling Goss. Uh, nice. I believe the announced attendance was right around 3,100 at noon on okay. a Wednesday. So that's that is not students? too shabby. Student attendance okay? Students with showed finals? out too, even okay. with finals. Uh, middle of the week, I saw all, all kinds of students. Um, outfield bleachers weren't necessarily full by any means, but uh, the, the student section down the third base line was, there were quite a few people there. So okay. shout out awesome. to the students too for, for showing out during finals week. Um, as I said, they'll return to the diamond at Goss on Friday as they host Arizona state. Uh, we want to promote a couple of things before we move on to the second half of the show. Uh, Angie, if you want to take people through what we've got going on at Beaver Blitz right now, what are some of the benefits of, of joining? Cause the damn podcast is powered by beaverblitz.com on the 24 seven sports it network it is, oh my gosh, 24 seven sports Beaver Blitz. It is the place to go. If you're a Beaver fan. Um, the lodge has been hopping lately. Um, lots of great discussions. We're t- lots of questions being posed. Which we're talking a lot of JT Daniels. So a lot of things that maybe you're not hearing elsewhere. We're talking about in the lodge, um, JP's weekly walk off. You'll have Carter's amazing game coverage from baseball games. Um, we have live threads and, and such from baseball. So um, and then recruiting. So uh, well, after spring break, then we start up with with spring football again as well. But 
um, recruiting and, you know, gosh, Carter, we're around the corner from having official visits back on campus uh, for football. So um, it's kind of never a dull moment at Beaver Blitz. And then you also, um, if you're under a promotional plan, which right now we are not running any big promotions, um, you are a member or you get free access to Paramount Plus. So it's, I don't know about you, Carter. I totally use Paramount Plus streaming service. Um, we watched Yellowstone on it. Um, 1883 we're watching on it. Um, so it's, it's a great way, um, to kind of catch up on some shows. And no better time to take advantage of Paramount Plus than right now with March Madness starting tomorrow, Thursday morning on the, uh, on the West coast afternoon on the East coast, you'll be able to watch games on Paramount Plus as all of the action unfolds at, oh man, I don't even know how many sites they have this year. I'm, I, I, I was used, I got used to, to last year at all being in Indianapolis. I, I think like eight sites on the first day, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little March Madness here as we wrap up the show in, in a few minutes, but um, definitely a great time to take advantage of that, uh, of the Paramount Plus that is included with a full Beaver Blitz subscription. I'm also going to drop the link to our Beaver Blitz merch store in the YouTube chat. So if you're watching us live, go ahead and check that out. Uh, I'm decked out in my Beaver Blitz gear today. Angie mentioned she's got hers on the way shortly. And uh, as I said, people people are really loving what they've what yeah. they've ordered. The quality is a lot better than I expected. To be honest, out of you know this random site that we were trusting with our with our brand, yeah, um, stuff is stuff is really top tier with. Uh, and for the price, I mean, because you know, I, I I said this when we first launched. We're not making any money on this. This is all just um, we're doing it at a cost. So um, yeah, I'm not getting payment, not having another revenue stream selling merchandise. But um, we had so many people. It's been fun because we have a few of those limited edition drops that Carter designed the 20th anniversary um, edition, and we've had people bring up some other ideas. And Carter, you probably don't which... even remember the original Beaver Blitz logo. But mm-hmm. there was a mention of bringing back the orange man, which I don't know if I really want that on a shirt, but it might be kind of fun. We might be able to make that happen. I think we'll have more limited edition drops in the future. Um, my graphic design skills are fairly limited, but I can make <laughs> I can make some of that work. I mean, I got these 20th anniversary things. Uh, I love up, them. Up and rolling. So I think we need some sure O-State to, ballas. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's that's a good idea. That's got to be in our next one. Yeah, um, yeah. Be sure to check out the Beaver Blitz merch store, uh, beaverblitzmerch.myspreadshop.com. All right, let's get back into the sports here. I, I want to touch on a couple of Olympic sports real quick that are heading into the postseason gymnastics and wrestling. Uh, wrestling sending multiple um, athletes to the NCAA tournament, and then gymnastics starting their postseason play here shortly. Um, Angie, if, if you want to touch on any of this before we move on, just want no, to, I haven't to give a shout wrestling. out to those sports. Yeah, just give a shout out. I, I have watched some rest or some gymnastics this, this year um, when it's been on, on TV and fun to watch. I'm not a huge gymnastics fan. Um, Jade Carey is amazing. I mean, she's worth watching the team and they're just, they're fun to watch. Uh, wrestling, good luck. I will be completely honest. I do not watch wrestling, but I'm always about the go beeves. So go beeves. I'm with you there. I will probably not be tuning in as, you know, I'll be wrapped up in, in baseball and, and watching March Madness, but um, best of luck to the, the wrestlers and gymnastics athletes who will be participating in the postseason. I expect deep runs from individuals and honestly, the, you know, the, the entire Oregon State teams that are competing there as well. I, I think both of these programs are positioned really well 
not only now, but, but for the future as well. I, I think these are two programs on the rise and we've talked about it before, you know, while, while football is king, um, it is still important to have a well-rounded athletic department and Oregon state's right there with the best of them, as far as the product that they're putting out there uh, on the gymnastics mat, you know, on the, on the wrestling mat. And of course on the baseball diamond as well. So shout out the, to those two sports. And then another sport that's entering the postseason, and Oregon state will be participating in this one is women's basketball. So the men's and women's uh, NIT tournaments get underway this week. Men's tournament got underway yesterday on Tuesday. Oregon State women's team is hosting Long Beach State in the first round of the WNIT tomorrow, Thursday at 7 p.m. at Gill Coliseum. Uh, Angie, I, I don't know if you'll be tuning in. I might be wrapped up with a few other things. I, I for sure won't be in Corvallis to see it, which is unfortunate because I was hoping um, to potentially catch a little bit of that on top of the first day of the men's uh, you know, 6014 March, March Madness yeah. tournament. Um, but but I, I think yeah, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on how big this is for Oregon State to uh, not only make, you know, a, a postseason tournament for what seems like, you know, the 10th, 15th, 20th consecutive year at, at yeah. this point, um, but to host in in a tournament that that really shouldn't be, you know, looked at as as too far inferior from, from the big dance. I, I think the WNIT... Uh, and, and the men's NIT, for that matter, just kind of go overlooked at times. And, and there are a lot of good teams participating there. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing is I think it does get overlooked because people are thinking it's not the big dance, but there are some good teams that are playing in it. Um, I think it could be kind of thought of as a letdown for the women's team just because they have had such such success uh, with the NC two ways um, with the actual tournament. But um, gosh, if, if this is considered a down year and they're in the and they're hosting uh, an NIT. I, I think that has to be considered, I guess, a, a great consolation prize. I mean, this is a team that has seen so much success. And, and you look at this more as kind of a rebuilding year for Scott Ruick and his squad. Um, and I, I think there might have been some interesting takes with, you know, Ruick seemed to take that transfer portal pretty heavy. He hit it pretty hard. Um, and maybe that he got away from what his normal, you know, bread and butter is of, of kind of building the team. So, um, I'm anxious to see how he reacts now next year. If he goes more the prep route, um, you know, he did have those shoes to fill though of the girls that transferred out. So it'll be an interesting, interesting run, but I think, you know, it can't be looked at as a, as anything down um, because heck there's some good teams playing in this WNIT. Yeah. Injuries and, and departures for various reasons did kind of, I, I think, limit the ceiling of this year's team, yeah. which, you know, you, you look at the final record, they're just above 500. They're, you know, they missed the NCAA tournament. Um, they're in the WNIT for the first time since 2012. And, and you say, you know, it's a bit of a disappointing season, but I, I think just considering the circumstances, um, you know, they dealt with a COVID pause in the middle of the year too. Um, really, really admirable uh, of them to be able to finish strong, you know, down the stretch and, um, you know, get a win in the Pac-12 tournament and uh, ultimately, you know, get, get to keep playing in the postseason. And I, I think, you know, to your point, going the prep route, um, Oregon State's got one of the top recruiting classes coming in this offseason. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to be just fine. You know, the talent's coming in. Um, Transfer portal taketh and, and giveth away, obviously. But, um, yeah, the, the prep route is, is always going to be an option for a program of Oregon State's stature under Scott Ruick. Don't you think this makes the Ruick and, and the coaches and the rest of the players hungry for next year, though? 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely motivated to get back into the big dance. 
the WNIT is an unseated 64-team bracket. Oregon State hosts Long Beach State at Gill Coliseum Thursday night at 7 p.m. On the men's side, Angie, obviously Oregon State is not going to be participating in March Madness <laughs> this year, a, a three and 28 team. Uh, oh, no, no yeah. chance there as they, uh, you know, no chance of squeaking in as an at-large bid there. Do you have your but, bracket done? I have not done my bracket yet. I need to do that. But I So I was, I was just going to ask you, do you have your bracket? I've got mine. I'm holding it up right here. Okay. As you can nice. see, my national champion spot is still empty, Gonzaga? so Gonzaga I haven't, going? I've got them in the final four. They're okay. one of my final four picks. Okay. Uh, want to save I haven't that even for... looked. I have not even looked at the brackets. I know who's in that Portland bracket. Yeah. I, you know what? I just, I don't even care. I know that sounds horrible. It's horrible of me. Take it back. Okay, I take it back. March Madness, and I mean, the first two days in particular, that first round. Yeah. It's fun. It Quite is super possibly fun. the best two days in all of sports. Yeah, masters. I'm going masters on that one. But I, so I, back in the day before kids and everything that it was like fun. Like I remember Barry Spiegelberg and I would head over to Jake's. We'd walk over to Jake's like right when it started, we'd watch a game or, you know, like one game on TV and then back to the office or you'd watch it all evening and all weekend. I, I can't. I don't, maybe it's because I've sat here with this stupid foot, like laid up watching TV now for six weeks and I just want to go do something, but. Um, I'm fully ready to sit in front of multiple you are ready. screens. <laughs> yes. You know, I will have like three TVs, a, a laptop, you will. This huge setup in the living room. Um, tomorrow, I will not be able to do that. I'll actually yes. be in Portland doing some freelance work for our 24 seven Memphis site, Go Tigers 24 seven. So I will be on site at Moda Center in Portland covering Memphis that's as awesome. long as they're there. So uh, Thursday, for sure, they open against Boise State okay. in an 8-9 matchup. The winner of that will take on Gonzaga on Saturday. And if Memphis is there, I will be on hand for that. So there is a potential I won't be in Corvallis for baseball the next couple of days. We'll see. Um, but definitely so wanted to get up to you. Portland and, and you know, find a, find a way to, to take in some March Madness in person. Because after last year... Man, I mean, I, I know Oregon State's not in it this year, but there's there's just something special about being there in person and and you know taking in that atmosphere. So and it should be awesome this year too because there's like no restrictions, yeah. masks, all of it. I mean, because in Indy there was some restrictions on on uh, how many people could go yeah, in. Yeah, the so. capacity was still at twenty percent. Masks were required. Yeah. Now in in Oregon, obviously the mask mandate is lifted. Capacity requirements, yeah. uh, you know, back back up to one hundred percent. So the atmosphere should be top notch in Portland. Um, I think a lot of these fan bases are going to travel well. Gonzaga, obviously, they'll be always travels well. They're a Pacific Northwest powerhouse, so I expect there to be a, a pretty strong contingent of Zags yeah. fans. UCLA, I believe, is also in Portland. Yeah, they are. Um, they match up against Akron in the first round, and I think UCLA fans always travel well. So, so what what are your thoughts on the Pac-12 teams that are in? Do you think they make a run, or do you think this is another embarrassing year for Pac-12? Tough question. So Arizona enters as the second overall seed. They're a one seed in the South region. Um, I like their path to the final four. I, I really do. I think Villanova and Tennessee, both of those teams can challenge them in the elite eight. Um, but if, if you look at my bracket right now, one of the very few games that I have left to pick is Arizona versus Tennessee. I, I think that is a toss up. Yeah. For Carissa being out for Arizona is 
a bit of a wild card that I think a lot of people are glossing over. Um, you don't just lose one of your best players and, you know, not suffer a little yeah. bit from that. So if he's able to go, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near a hundred percent. And if he's not on the floor at all, obviously that's going to hurt. So yeah. Arizona obviously has the best chance to get in, but I also think UCLA has a pretty good path to get back to the final four as a four seed. So, um, they are in the same half of the bracket as number one seed Baylor, who is okay. underperforming a little bit recently. They're dealing with some injuries, uh, I think is the most vulnerable one seed. And then at that point, I, I, I think too, that that East region um, has the potential for a ton of upsets. And I actually see UCLA getting to um, the elite eight in, in my bracket. So I think those two teams in particular are going to represent the PAC 12 well, uh, I, I'm still a little torn on USC. I, I think they could be subject to a 10, seven upset in the first round. And then if they get through that, they're probably playing Auburn really tough matchup. So yeah, yeah. USC, I'm not so confident about, but the other two, um, okay. I'm, I'm pretty high on this year. So elite eight, you have UCLA going elite eight and Arizona going in final four. Probably. I, oh, I yeah. am really Arizona's tempted to take, right now, right? yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to take Tennessee as a three seed. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. What What about you? What's kind of your read on these three Pac-12 teams? Um, are you disappointed there aren't more? And then also, if you had to pick uh, a, a Final Four, who would you throw in there? I, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot because you don't have a bracket. Yeah, I don't have my bracket. So, but no, I mean, I've watched, obviously, a lot of Pac-12 basketball. Um, I, you know, I think Arizona, like you said, though, with, you know, some injuries going there. Baylor, I do, too, think is super susceptible. I I think they had a really strong run early in the year, but I think they've kind of fallen off. I That's defending national champion. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think UCLA could make, I think UCLA could make final four. Yeah. But, I'm with um, you. I'm with you. But, they, you know, they, UCLA's do have a, they have a favorable path for a four seed. But, but you look at UCLA too. And I, my biggest thing with, with UCLA is, will they play like UCLA can, or will oh. they not? That's why I was so hesitant to even pick them to, to make it that far is yeah. I just think, you know, we, we being Pac-12 basketball fans, we, we see a lot of Pac, uh, a lot of Pac-12 games. And I think people look at UCLA's 25 and seven record, Arizona's 31 and three record and um, their standings in the national rankings and say, Hey, these are two really good teams. You know, we watch a lot of their basketball and we yeah. see them lose to the, Oh, I don't know the Utahs and yeah, the Arizona yeah. States of the conference. And so we, I, I think I tend to be a little lower on the PAC 12 entering the tournament on a, on an annual basis than some other, just because um, I, I think a lot of their success has to be taken with a grain of salt, considering how much this conference kind of eats itself up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's me. And, and we've seen UCLA play down to opponents. Yeah. from time to time so no nope. it'll be fun they though. played I down do to like... oregon state for a half too this year exactly well so. and usc i mean oregon state took them into what double overtime yeah yeah so scary scary stuff if you're yes. picking those two teams which makes but me again, a little I don't nervous state, about ucla and the elite day i don't think oregon state is as bad as the three win record but again that's not acceptable that is not acceptable but i don't think they're quite that bad that's about all the Oregon State basketball talk I need <laughs> That's for, all the, we're talking for about. the foreseeable done. future. Done, done, done. I am so ready to put this season behind us. Um, and, and what better way to do it than with an exciting 64-team field here that's going to unfold over the next couple of weeks. As I said, I'm, I'm going to be in Portland 
tomorrow and and potentially for you know the the next few days covering Memphis for Go Tigers 24/7. So if you are like an incredibly loyal reader and would read anything that anyone affiliated with Beaver Blitz has to write, uh, go check out our sister site at Go Tigers 24/7 cuz I'll be um, publishing some stuff there at least for the next day if if not a little bit longer. Nice. Outside Keeping of busy that, Angie, and then Next week, we, it's spring break, but we will be back, right? Yes. So next week will be our last pod for, what, two, three weeks? Two weeks. Yes, two weeks. We're going to take a two-week break because I will be overseas in Greece. Uh, so not fair. A, a, little, a little vacation, I think. I think you've I, earned I will, it. I will go on the record and, and I will toot my own horn and say that I have earned it. The last month has been an absolute grind covering three sports at the same time. So I am ready for a little bit of a break. Um, that means no damn podcast for two weeks at the end of the month. Uh, but and it we means will you be guys back have next to deal week with my, You have to deal with me and my practice reports. I know they're not Carter, but I will try my darndest to be as good as Carter. Angie will be on hand at, I think, three, maybe four practices. Um, Saturdays are... Are, are closed. So I'll only miss a couple and then I'll be back for the full final week of, of camp. And then of course the spring game. So it'll be a short absence in terms of what I'm missing on the football field. But um, yeah, we will go two weeks without a damn podcast. But as I said, we will be back on the 23rd um, of March next Wednesday for our, our last, our last podcast before that quick break. So yay. Angie, anything else uh, you want to touch on? I think we pretty much covered just about every it. sport we can. I know. I think we're good. I think baseball's coming up and uh, yeah, fall camp or spring camp. Not, not fall camp, spring. In that case, you can follow her on Twitter at Angie Machado one. You can follow me at Carter Bands. Be sure to stick with Beaver Blitz for all sorts of baseball coverage, um, you know, football, get the latest on JT Daniels. And then when, Uh, the football team returns to the practice field. We will be there for that as well. So for Angie Machado, I'm Carter Baines. Thanks for joining us on the damn podcast live or on your favorite podcast app and tune in next week for another episode.